Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And let me tell you, the Federal Reserve is all of our business. You know, you would talk to many Americans and they'd have no idea exactly what they do or what it's about. Uh, but uh, it, it's about every business. It's not a Wall Street thing. And, and really, in some ways, as much as it is a Main Street thing and a consumer thing. It impacts all of us at many levels. And, and uh, I have this series I've been doing, and I love this series that I've been doing with the Washington Post now for several months, almost a year. Uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel Spiegel, she's been on the program before, haven't you, Rachel? I have. It's good to be back. Yeah, you do a great job, by the way. I remember you bring a really nuanced approach to looking at something that people really do think about in academic terms, uh, like Wall Street and bringing down to reality uh, for people who are trying to live in the real world, particularly the Federal Reserve. I love what you do in this space, and, and this is a very timely topic. And they did it again. I mean, uh, another .75. I mean, that is unbelievable. It's exhausting, and, and you've got to go back decades to see this kind of uh, activity. That's right. It's really the latest reflection of how hard the Fed is pushing and how clear a signal they are trying to send about how intense they are in getting inflation under control. It, it's really, I mean, it's remarkable the level of increases that we've just seen one after the other, after the other, after the other. And this week's announcement was no exception. And he, he made it, uh, Jerome Powell made it perfectly clear uh, that uh, he has no intention to stop until it, until this thing is under control, and it may not be as soft as you know as as people had hoped. And it it really is across the board impacting every aspect of the economy. And again, that's what I love about what you do. Bring it down to how it's affecting all of us, including everything from home buying to even groceries to you name it. Yeah. So there are a couple of ways that we you know, can expect interest rate hikes to filter through the economy. The way in which we've seen it most directly so far is in the housing market. Mortgage rates have just seen this tremendous run-up ever since the Fed started raising interest rates in March. And that means that if you are shopping for a house or you're considering selling your house, that is something that very nearly, you know, directs, affects you and affects your life and the decisions that you're going to make. Auto loans are also very sensitive to interest rate hikes. There are very technical instruments in the financial system that respond to interest rates and take a lot of signal from what the Fed is doing. The problem, though, is that you know the interest rates don't work at the same time or in the same way in all parts of the economy. And it's really still an open question about when interest rates are going to take hold in different kinds of sectors and also what that lag looks like. There are a lot of economists who are warning that this rapid succession of very intense interest rate hikes is effectively going to you know, hit with a thud next year, that there's going to be this long lag time that then really seizes on the economy very severely. And Powell yesterday just said, you know, we don't know. We don't know what that lag effect is going to look like. But right now, they are completely resolute in their fight to get inflation under control no matter what. Yeah, and if you really want to see how the heart is hitting you, uh, go ahead and look at the small print of your credit card statements. Uh, the average credit card now at nineteen percent—it's shocking. I found your—I found your title interesting in your recent article, which we're going to have a link to. And, and by the way, Washington Post is uh, at WashingtonPost.com. No surprise there. <laughs> but your title, Fed Chief sees narrow path to avoid a recession and an inflation fight. And when you and when you look at the 
the history of fighting inflation. Uh, and you look at like Paul Volcker, who you know I'm, I'm sure Jerome Powell hates it, but he's pulling pages at least, if not chapters, out of that playbook. He doesn't have a whole lot of choice. There's only a certain amount of tools that he has, and, and he'll say that every press conference, right? Uh, but it, it, it really is analogous to uh, when, you know, when an economy has got inflation is like a person with cancer. That analogy is used a lot because it resonates, and there's a certain amount of logic to it. And they really have to uh, use like a chemotherapy approach, which is going to naturally slow down a patient, uh, make, it, make him or her miserable in many ways, as they uh, fight, fight that disease. In some ways, this uh, fighting with inflation is very similar, and I don't know how you do it without avoiding recession. We're already seeing it in specific areas like real estate. It's not yet, but we see it brewing, right? We're seeing things going on like we hadn't seen in quite a while. It, we're definitely seeing things that we haven't seen in a long time. There are a lot of economists and experts who will point to the housing market as being a leading indicator for where the rest of the economy has to go. You know, it's not just interest rates or mortgage rates. It's jobs tied to building houses and all the consumer spending that goes into housing and jobs that are tied to housing. But it's all just so unknown. Chair Powell yesterday, though, did acknowledge in a way that I think is more specific than we've heard from him before that the path to avoiding a recession is is narrowing. Fed officials will still say that they think they can engineer a soft landing without causing really severe consequences, but there was this acknowledgement that that path has gotten slimmer. It's gotten slimmer because inflation has just continued to stay so persistently high in so many areas of the economy, and the path is narrowing because that means the Fed has to ramp up its response that much more. Yeah, and unfortunately that is the, uh, you know, we can either go through the pain much slower or we can go through it quicker. And that seems to be what the Fed is now deciding to do. Well, quicker means more painful immediately. Yeah, they've been very clear that they want to get interest rates high and that they're going to hold them there. There isn't a whole lot of certainty or clarity on what exactly that path looks like, how much more they're going to raise rates, how long they're going to hold them there. But that seems to be sort of the next phase. You know, there was so much attention on getting rates from near zero into this restrictive territory. Now that we're there, it becomes this you know new chapter of how long they stay there for, exactly how high they go, and then what we start to learn about what that does to the economy over time. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what uh, we see the chairman of the Federal Reserve saying and Jerome Powell and what the president is saying about the situation this exact same week. In fact, they may have, no, it wasn't the same day as one day after the other, right? How, how do you see the two conversations happening, uh, you know, what we're hearing from the Fed and what we're hearing from the White House? Well, it's interesting that you can have these two conversations going on at the same time because, you know, we're we're just a couple of days before the midterms. Obviously, inflation is not just an economic issue, but it's become a tremendous political issue for Democrats and Republicans alike and has become a major focus of you know campaigning and what candidates have to say when they're trying to win votes over on the campaign trail. But the Fed and the White House have to be really careful. The Fed very closely guards this rare independence from politics, and it is very clear that it makes its decisions about how much juice to give the economy or how much to pull back, regardless of who is in the White House or who controls Congress or what sort of criticism they'll get from the Hill. They've gotten a lot of criticism lately. Democrats have been very critical of the Fed, saying that they're risking 
causing too much pain to the labor market, overcorrecting, sending the economy into a recession. But that isn't really an argument that the White House can jump onto. The White House has to be very careful about criticizing the Fed or directing the Fed in any way. And I think that Biden and, and his, you know, his economic advisors, his people are especially sensitive to that line because it was a line that President Trump really could not have cared less for. And that this is all the political dynamic that swirls around the Fed, even though they would probably prefer that they could ignore it altogether. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, there was a part of me when I was listening to Biden, uh, waiting for him to say, you know, from uh, quoting the Wizard of Oz, ignore the man behind the curtain, ignore, ignore Jerome Powell, uh, you know, uh, but the reality is there is so much power there, so much authority, and really so much beyond the control of the Congress and the president in this. There is, and, you know, Chair Powell is, is the face of the Fed and obviously is the one that takes our questions and answers to Congress and is in this job for a reason. But there is so much that is so unknown about how inflation will respond to interest rate hikes, what the root reasons for inflation are. If, you know, there's going to be this thud that hits next year or if inflation is really going to prove, you know, so stubborn that rates don't bring it down. I mean, there, there's so, it seems like for two and a half years now, we've been saying that things are so unknown and that we've never seen anything like this, but that really just continues to be a theme even now in November of 2022. Yeah. Well, if you weren't an adult in the early 80s, this is a very foreign experience. Uh, you may have went through uh, the Great Recession and, and, and saw the, the trauma and drama of what happened when everything seemed to collapse in, in uh, uh, the end of the 2000s. Uh, but this, you know, inflation is a really different, very unique terrifying animal and you can see why we've avoided it and why we've avoided that for literally decades and uh you know it, it once once that genie is loose it's really hard to put that back in the bottle uh, we, rachel seagal uh we love having you on the program thanks so much for being with us again love for you to to wrap it up with a few final takeaways well i would say that a few takeaways are this you know the fed is really continuing to signal that it is not letting up on its fight. It is not going to pause on interest rates anytime soon. It really seems to be answering criticism that you know maybe it's time to let up by saying, no, it is not. But I think that that message comes with a pretty hefty dose of, we don't really know how this is going to turn out. We don't really know what the journey to get to this destination that we think we're working towards looks like. And unfortunately, that takes some patience and an openness to things maybe not going the way that the Fed intends for them to. No, you did that very well. That was a good summary. And that really does pretty much capture the essence of where we are. Rachel, thanks so much for being with us. There will be a link to her article, which I consider much must reading. And uh, I also will have, of course, a link to uh, – and that would be a link to the Washington Post, which I encourage people to check out. It is one of my favorite uh, websites. I uh, love my subscription. I read it, the New York Times, uh, religiously, and the Washington Post religiously, the Wall Street Journal religiously. And one thing all three have in common isn't so much an editorial perspective – but the fact that they are true uh, newspapers of record, they're exhaustive in, in, in terms of the uh, amount of topics they're willing to cover, and they have a depth that is so hard to find with all the uh, kind of specialty uh, websites that are out there. So I'm a, I'm a fan. And Rachel, I'm a fan of you too now that you have been a re recurring guest on my show. Thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business.